Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. So right around the corner is 2020. And that's really exciting because I feel like looking forward, I don't know, I always love the new year. I feel like it's a great time just to restart, kind of hit reset. And part of what I get excited about is stopping things that aren't good. You know, I I reflect back and I realize, okay, maybe I could have made some changes here. Um, And then I get excited about what I can start. You know, everybody loves New Year's resolutions, even though everybody knows that they typically don't make it past January. Um, But what we're wanting to do with this episode is really just encourage you um, to be excited about next year. There's a lot of things to be excited about. I think oftentimes there's so much news with dentistry that can be really discouraging. Um, We don't know where people are at. There's probably some people that are crushing it in their practice. And there's probably a lot of people that are dreaming about crushing it in their practice. But regardless of where people are at, we want to be able to encourage you that next year can be great. Absolutely. And I don't know, when I come up to the end of the year, I, I feel like I've been on a treadmill all year, just running as fast as I possibly can and not getting anywhere. So I, I need this time to regroup and look back and recognize that, wow, I really have come a long way. It doesn't seem like it, but last year at this time, I was in one place, and then today, I'm a lot further along. And where am I going to be next year? But when you're, you're just sitting here, you, you feel like you've been on a treadmill and you're not moving. You know, there's a few things you spoke to right there that I think are incredibly important, and that is... I believe it's true that most dentists live at a very fast pace. It's not really a choice anymore. It's just what you have to do um, to be successful. Like you, you're just, there's always something you could be doing with your team, uh, your finances, uh, vendor relationships, whatever it is. And I think it's common. I know it is in my life that I don't always take some time and stop back and look at what's gone right. And the tragedy is if you don't look back and go, wow, there's actually some things this year I can be proud of. There's some areas in which I grew. Um, and you're not integrating that success and giving yourself kind of like a pat on the back and just even like breathing in and just going, wow, I've grown. I think we're robbing ourselves of that satisfaction that's universal to everybody. As, as humans, we strive to grow and to know that we're growing and to know that we're transforming. Because the second we feel like we're stagnating, we tend to lose hope. And we tend to get discouraged. So if there's dentists out there right now that are discouraged, chances are it's because you're not actually looking back at the areas that you've grown. So that's one of the things we do want to encourage you when you're kind of going over uh, your goal setting and your time with your teams, which Allison actually has a lot of specifics of what she does. And it's amazing what you do, Allison. Um, But when you're doing that, take some time to actually think back and look back to the areas that you really have grown and give yourself some credit. So I always think about, my son told me this quote, I don't know where it's from, but he says, mom, 
if you don't have enough time to meditate, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, then actually you need to take 20 minutes to meditate. And it's kind of funny because I feel like that sometimes in my practice. I am just running at high speed all the time, and I don't have time to stop. But when I don't stop, things just get worse. So it's really important to take some time out and really think about what it is that you're doing so you don't continue to do things that don't work for you, and you start doing things that do. So one of the things that I, I, every, I do every year, my birthday is at the end of the year which is very inconvenient, by the way. But so wait, like, wait, so you're one of those kids that never got to have your friends in school wish you a happy birthday? Yes. Well, so mine's in the summer. It's right at the end of the summer, so it's the same so thing. So you know. I miss those <laughs> announcements over the PA, and today's birthdays are, and they give you like three or four students, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. I never got my name announced. So sorry, that's never, just one of those. Never, So my husband's very sweet. For my 30th birthday, he threw me a big party. So every 10 years, he throws me a big party because my birthday is December 29th. Ah. <laughs> so a New Year's Eve party. Okay, so do you get mad if someone lumps your Christmas yes. gift with your birthday gift? Don't do that. <laughs> so my wife, it's January 4th. Uh. It's a little further, but still, it's like right when we were dating early on, I think her mom took me aside and said, no, uh, I'm just going to give you some wisdom. because she, she liked me, so she wanted me to stay around. She's like, don't get her one gift. So if you have any friends out there and they have gifts um, around Christmas time, they typically don't like them bundled. So just <laughs> Thank <you>. free advice. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so I do like to take just a little time to myself and, and really think about all the great things that happened last year and kind of put together personal goals for next year. And my husband and I do this together. And then we also do it with our kids. So we, we take a night and whoever wants to show up, there's usually a couple of kids from each child so maybe 10 people that are there. And we go through a list of, of our goals for the next year. And the kids love it. They just love it. So I thought I would incorporate that with my team. And it has been very beneficial. Not only just for morale, but to think about our growth and what we've done and where we're going. And I, I like that, that new year, that new slate, and what's going to happen next. So you actually get together with your team. I do. Um, I schedule a half day out of the office. Actually, we don't go into the office at all that day, but we take a half day. And I usually have it at my house, although I've had it at team members' houses, but we're not in the office at all. Um, we come over and we have breakfast and we're just in casual clothes and we just get to visit with each other a little bit. So it's. But even as you're describing it, it just seems like the scene is more, uh, it's more intimate, you know? So it's different. Like we're not in scrubs. We're not in the office. We're at someone's home. And I just think it's set up and primed for, I don't know, you'd be able to just make bonds that are, that are different, right? Yes. And, and the, the atmosphere is very different because I'm waiting on them. Because usually I'm the one saying, go get my stuff, go get my stuff. Okay. But it's my home. So I'm, I'm the hostess. Oh, you serve them. That's I'm what serving you mean. them. Oh, so wow. it's a, it's just a different dynamic. It changes it. And, and I think it's good to do that just once a year. Anyway, so then we sit, we sit around and I give them an opportunity to go through their goals, their personal goals, and then their professional goals. And that just starts the ball rolling because it allows them to think about their own lives and then how our office integrates into their own lives. And we usually take an hour or two really talking about those kind of things. Oh, that, yeah, that 
I mean, I could see how getting on the same page for the upcoming year, and even you, I know so much of this goes unspoken, um, but you care so much about your team, and you can't fake that. So even you inviting them over to your house and serving them, it's because you care and you're wanting them to share their goals, not just so they can be productive human beings, but because you actually want them to be fulfilled and you actually want them to be growing. And you're setting up a time that you're saying that you value to give them an opportunity to do that. I, I just think that's awesome. Isn't that true with all teams though? Uh, well, you know, it, it should be. But, you know, common sense isn't always common practice. Uh, a mentor of mine always reminds me of that. And I think that's one of the hardest things is that we just assume um, when we're walking in something that is true or that we find to be beneficial and it becomes something that just makes sense to us, we're just like, well, I imagine everybody's doing this. But a lot of times um, in my own life, I'm guilty of this. I just get so busy being stuck in my own, what do I need to fix with myself? That sometimes I overlook the needs of my team. So you need the 20 minute meditation. Uh, I do. <laughs> no, that, that was so insightful. It reminds me of Abraham Lincoln, that quote of um, I, something about needing to chop down a tree. So you, you spend time sharpening the ax. Yes. And it's like mentally, a lot of us are dull. <laughs> not, not, um, not at exhausted. Our, yeah, not at our best, but just because we've been worn out and worn down. And we don't always get that time to recharge. So it's like going into the new year is a great time to just get sharp again. Yeah, I like that. So we, we take that time together. And I don't know, I feel like your team is always as good as your weakest link. And so when you all grow together, you just become more and more powerful together because every member of your team becomes better at whatever they, they do and who they are. So that's part of the personal goals. And people will share things like um, marriage, family, parenting. And when somebody says something like that, you know, we all agree, we all understand. But then I always try and make sure that we do some continuing education that are about soft skills. Because soft skills are everywhere in your marriage, with your children, but it's also with your team members and with your patients. So those, those skills transcend everything. So, so wait, how long have you been doing this with your team? About 15 years. Okay, so 15 years. Tell me a time that you were, I don't know, maybe it was early on in the first five years, something that you were surprised about, whether it was you were surprised because your team responded so well. I mean, have you led in, ever led in a way that you were worried about whether a team member was going to be okay being vulnerable about sharing something close to themselves? Because even when you say personal goals, I'm like, wow. Like asking them to share something that's not professional, but like close to their heart, close to something that they care about, like that never came across or that's never come across awkward in any of those meetings? It's never come across awkward. And I never assumed that anybody would be that vulnerable. I mean, I would share my goals and, you know, my perf my personal goals would be I'd like to lose 15 pounds. That's, all, that's vulnerable. Oh, they all knew that before. <laughs> that's, women talk about these things all the time. You know, I, um, I want to have a party for my parents, you know, those kind of a goals. But no, after a short period of time, people get really real about some of the things they really want. And a lot of it's financial. You know, they would like to be able to save for retirement or their kid's going to go to college or, you know, their marriage is in trouble. I mean, people become really real because we're a team. So, but as you're saying that, 
I just got scared as like thinking as the owner, you know, owner of my company, if I'm with my team and they're just getting honest about financial goals, I sometimes, since I feel like I'm the one responsible for that, you know, if I'm a dentist listening to this and I don't do this, I might be like, does that ever get like awkward? Oh, I love it when they talk about their financial goals. Okay. Because then at the end I can trans transmute that to the, um, our office goals. Okay. Because when the office makes money, we all make money. <laughs> oh, so in some ways it's like behind that financial goal is some ambition. And it's like, if you can align that with, well, Hey, if we all win, then, you know, when the team wins or sorry, when the practice wins, then everybody wins. Exactly. Oh, that's great. So just, just not being afraid of them saying, Hey, I'd like to make more money. I'd like to make more money too. Thank you. <laughs> but the only way to great. do that is that we all need to work together and make the practice more profitable and do great dentistry. Well, so if anyone's listening and they don't already do this, and if you're scared at all about um, getting honest and open about personal things, uh, from what I just heard from Dr. House, it's like just share, be yourself, be real. And I think as a leader, that sets the tone for your team to be able to do the same thing. You know, so just one little takeaway uh, from what you said. I think that's that's profound. So there you are, and uh, you're meeting, um, <laughs> and it's at your house. Kind of go into, I don't know, is this a full day thing? It's a half day. Yeah, so people will get real and talk about um, their goals. And most of the time when we start talking about goals, they fall into those big categories that are professional as well. Um, people will talk about diet and exercise and self-care. And I always translate that into some discipline. And discipline is about classes that make you organize, classes that make you good with your time management, which, again, all translate into professional as well. So if you have somebody who personally becomes more than they were before, professionally they become more than they were before. So you have to look at it that way. I sent... Um, this was maybe 10 years ago, I sent a couple of the ladies that worked for me to um, a Love and Logic course, which is a parenting course, which was wonderful for them as parents. But some of the techniques they learned there, they went back and they used it with patients because the reality is that they know more than their patients. And so it is a very relationship where we're encouraged in good habits. So it was wonderful. They learned so much and they really implemented all of it. Just hearing about that, I don't want to say it's uncommon, but I, from my experience, you know, because again, just so I rub shoulders with other business owners. A lot of them are my vendors. Um, some of them are my friends. I don't always see leaders investing that much in their team. And it's, it's sad, but it's just so inspiring and encouraging to hear because the more you invest in them, ultimately, as you're sowing seeds and as you're uh, elevating their ability to just feel confident, feel competent, and just achieve their dreams, they're going to show up to work more committed, more loyal, with greater vibrancy. And it's just it's just such wisdom. So um, if you're not doing that right now because some reason you're just focused on your own issues or everything that you're getting kind of worn down with, that is okay to get worn out about the struggles of dentistry. But as much as you can, uh, from what Allison's saying, Come alongside and continue just to lead your team so into them because today more than ever, if you want to have a great practice, you absolutely need to have a team 
that you can trust, you know, a team that's growing with you. And I know so much of uh, what we've talked about in the past is creating uh, a culture where your team actually like loves learning and starts loving what you love, which is ultimately dentistry. Uh, how does that even play in to, I guess, these sessions? Well, so after we go through some of the personal goals and we talk about some of the opportunities, we like to take a trip. Um, we don't always get to take a trip every year, so it depends on the past year. But I try and arrange for us to take a trip every other year to go to a continuing education class, like a big one, all of us together. And that's a real motivating thing because we go, we have all this team time, and we usually have learned something. Um, we talk about all these financial pieces. Then we start talking about the office a little bit, and we talk about clinical. You know, in order for you to be the best assistant you can possibly be, what do you need? And usually they'll give me some things I've never thought about, ever. Wow. Every year I'm sort of blown away that, oh, it would be really nice if we did this. That had never occurred to me, ever. And it's like $3. It's just shocking how that is. Wow. <laughs> hey, if we had a few more uh, forceps, that would be great. Oh, well, we could have taken care of that. So there's just little things, but they have the opportunity to talk about it. And we talk about education. We talk about how we're going to talk to our patients, new systems. What do we want to do? Like this year, we redecorated the office. It was getting a little old. Um, we made a plan. We We put a little bit in every single month. And yeah, by the end of this year, it's totally transformed. And that's something you can all feel proud of because it was something that you actually asked for their input on. We did. We put together the vision. What do we want this to look like? So you co-created that. We co-created it. Man, that... that <laughs> Well, it's funny because they thought, oh, she can design it. Oh, no, I cannot design it. <laughs> that is not my gift. I can design teeth. But no, I could not design the office. <laughs> so we worked together. Interior design is different than in designing teeth. I not one of my gifts. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we had a plan for designing the office. Um, we've had plans before of we're going to redesign our new patient system. Because dentistry is changing every single year. What... The procedures, we're going to add this procedure because patients keep asking for it. We need to find a specialist. This year I added a lab because we decided that was important. And it's been complicated to try and put that system in place. Well, I think we'll definitely need to dedicate another episode just to that because there's <laughs> so much in, into like what you were evaluating going into that decision. Uh, and I think it's something that would really fascinate our listeners as to, again, just how you arrived at that decision to bring a lab in-house. Because that's, that's groundbreaking, you know. And I think we should even just keep the listeners um, updated as to how that's going, um, just so they can kind of be part of that journey. It's been really great. But a lot of learning. It's been a big learning curve for all of us. So this is primarily with your team. Now, when it comes to just you on your own, do you know going into the year exactly what courses you're going to take? Um, I usually have some interests. They, I don't always do it, though. Like one year I said, I'm going to go learn how to place implants. And my team was like, no, why would we do this? We have this wonderful specialist right down the street. We should have you do something else. And so I learned a different skill, and it was, it was a smarter thing to do. But it depends on your neighborhood and who your team members are and who your patients are, what, what kind of skills you should use and what kind of skills you should invest in. Um, you know, and I, I know part of sticking to a plan 
uh, is sharing it. And that's where I think even this team meeting is so brilliant because all of you are sharing it with each other. And it's a lot easier to keep people on pace and on track when the people that you're actually running with, the people that you're rubbing shoulders with every single day, know what it is that you care about, know what it is that you're kind of committing to. Because commitments made in a vacuum where no one else knows, they're really easy to break. Uh, I think I, I even just saw a video where it's saying one of the best ways to stick to New Year's resolutions, and I think it's hilarious, is to pledge money toward a charity you can't stand if you don't keep your resolution. <laughs> so like, let's say okay. a, a political party that you may not agree with. And having that check written for $100, $500, whatever it is, and knowing that you have to promise yourself and to a friend that you will send that check if you break it. I, I just thought that was such a an interesting way to... Um, might be a little extreme. Yes. <laughs> but for those people that might need something extreme, um, you know, all of us have different temperaments, that might be worth something trying. But it is true the accountability is very helpful to keep you on track. Just like um, when you want to go to the gym, it's really hard when you decide I'm going to go to the gym three days a week all by myself. I'm not going to meet anybody there. Nobody will ever notice. Well, you know, one morning you feel like I don't want to go and nobody notices. But if you have a whole room full of people that you promised that you were going to do this, it's a little easier. And especially if you have a room full of people and then you have to meet them there, <laughs> they're going to hold you accountable. Well, just this year, uh, it was interesting because my brother decided to email me. He's like, hey, um, me and my little community, we're doing another push-up challenge. And I was like, okay, what's this push-up challenge? He's like, well, we just do uh, a certain amount of push-ups, sit-ups, and squats every day. Uh, but to join it, you have to just Venmo me $50. Now, it was $50. And Kelly's like, my wife, she's like, wait, so you're sending him money, and then you're just keeping track on a Google spreadsheet? Like, just, like, why are you sending him money to do push-ups? And I was like, well, it's because if I complete it, I get my $50 back. And then anyone that quit, you get some of their money. Um, and it was oh. it was over a three-month period. And I swear I only competed it or completed it because I just wanted my $50 back. Like, it was something so little. And yet that was enough of an incentive. Well, plus in that spreadsheet, I'm seeing who's dropping off and who's not. And it was just that little incentive. I mean, you get back and it'd be like one in the morning and I'd be like, how to do my push-ups, but I did. So sometimes it's the littlest thing that can help um, us establish a new habit. You know, so I know early on we were talking about looking back and giving ourselves credit for the things that we have done great this year. But I think it's also important to take a realistic look at what were some of your goals going into 2019? And if you revisit those, and there's some that you just absolutely got no traction on, I think it's really important to look at why. You know, ask yourself some of the difficult questions as to, like, how come there was no progress on this? And, and we do do that. We look at everything from 2019. We count our wins. And I'm really careful to compliment every single team member on what they contributed. Because it, it matters. It does. You feel that acknowledgement that you did something. You were part of something great. And I think that means something to all of them. So how do you handle when... Probably it's more personally because I don't know if you handle this in the team meeting, but when it is something like, well, we set out to do this and we didn't reach it, um, how how does that influence the conversation? You know, do you kind of open it up for people that kind of give perspectives on why you think, like, where was the breakdown? Sure. Sure, we open it up. But sometimes it's because it wasn't really as important as we thought it was. Mm. 
um, a lot of times it was because we didn't put a system in place. You know, it's not ever just one person's responsibility. We're a team, just like a basketball team. You know, it's never one person's responsibility to make the basket. It's a whole group. So if it didn't work out, okay, are we going to put it in the goals again? And if we are, how are we going to make it so it actually happens? So, yeah, we open those kind of things up. That's great. No, I know, I, like I so personally, there's so many times where it's like, all right, this year I'm going to do this. And I typically like making my goals something that I really wanted to hit. You know, so sometimes maybe they're not super realistic. But what happens is at the end of the year when I look back, most of the time I realize I just never made a plan. I didn't break it out into simple steps. And every time I don't hit a goal, it's because it never made it into my calendar. And you think I would get this by now, but it's like if something's not scheduled, chances are I'm not going to just catch some wind of inspiration and be like, I should start writing now for my book. But the next question is, was that really important at that moment in time if it didn't make it on your calendar? Some things you put in, and, and this is just a pie in the sky, but it wasn't a realistic goal, or maybe something happened and, and it just wasn't as important. There were other things that needed to be addressed. And that's okay. It's not an excuse. It's just, okay, so next year, how am I going to put that in? I can even hear it now, just your encouraging tone and just the grace that surrounds you, Allison. And that that is awesome. But truthfully, a lot of times it's just because I live a life of reaction at times just to what is going on today. What What is needed of me today at work, at home, like what fires are going on with my five kids. And since I'm not also scheduling or planning sometimes, and I need to work on that, um, it's not that the priority wasn't important. It's just that I, um, I don't know, I'm just getting caught up in reaction. And, and I think that most dentists live their life like that too. We just go in, we do whatever's on the schedule, try and keep our team in line and go home. And so you really do have to schedule that time. So this is an important piece. And then I usually do have a meeting every two weeks for two hours. And it's really hard to keep it because they always want to put a patient in there. Always. <laughs> and I just never let them. Because if we don't, if we don't step back and look at what are we doing, how are we working on this business rather than in the business, then no change can ever happen. Because you're just running on that treadmill. So you have to be really intentional. And that's part of this annual meeting too. As we're planning our year, I'm trying to make decisions about, okay, so what classes do we want to take? What do we want to implement? What do we want to learn? Because a lot of times they'll be like, well, you always say this about this procedure, and we don't get it. Oh, well, one of our meetings, I'm going to talk about that. So that's pretty helpful, I think. And then the other thing about our, our big meeting is we put together our calendar. So in dental world, we work on a six-month. So okay. I need to know what's going to happen next June, and I need to know what's going to happen next Christmas. Because I, I have to have it on the calendar. Patients hate it when you move them. Mm. So we decide how many days are we going to make? Are we going to work? And then we start deciding what days we're going to take off. And I give them a week of vacation that's theirs, but then they get to take the time off that's mine if they want, or we arrange for them to work. But we've made all those decisions in January, so the calendar is set. Wow! But going back to what you just said about your team often wants to schedule a patient and you're like, no, it's almost like you, you've blocked it off as like sacred time. Like we don't move that. I feel like a young dentist 
and maybe I shouldn't even just say young dentist, it would be easy to be like, you know what, uh, short-term profitability versus long-term gain. It's sometimes really difficult to not make that, especially if you're feeling the pressure of it, to not kind of take that shortcut. But I think what you've come to realize is that in meeting with them regularly and keeping that rhythm and in touching base with them every two weeks, that is essential for you guys to be at your best. And, and here's how I look at it. So, okay, we could have set a, scheduled a crown in that hour, and that's a certain amount of money. But if I teach them how to explain a big process like veneers to a patient, and the next patient they teach them how to do that, and they do it, then we've made quite a bit more. Oh, my so gosh. So you have to look at that. Like your fear conversion ratio, <laughs> ratio or, or closing rate goes up because they're more educated and they know a better technique of how to explain it. That's invaluable. Because a lot of times patients turn down treatment simply because they don't understand. And if your team doesn't understand, well, it'll never happen. You have got to teach your team what's going on, how to explain things to patients, and how to answer those questions. And that takes a lot of time. So if right now you're listening to this and it's the end of the year and you're just burnt out or maybe you're worn out, that really could be a great signal that should be letting you know that you probably didn't incorporate enough of a break or enough rest. Uh, and I was just taking a class um, from a historian that was sharing about leaders of less, uh, sorry, lessons of leadership from presidents. And they were saying that all of the presidents that they've studied, all of them valued rest. Now here they are as their president, they have the greatest responsibility in the United States, which is leading our nation. And yet they knew the importance of fishing of getting out on the ranch and taking a break because of what that does just to your mind, to your psyche, to your spirit. And while you're scheduling 2020 and you have your goals, you have your ambitions and you have all these things you want to do, you have this mountain in front of you that you want to climb. We just want to remind you also just schedule times of rest, you know, schedule times where you're going to be able to spend time with your significant other, your family, your friends, and really just live <laughs> And get out of just that um, crazy pace that sometimes we can get so sucked into of just working on the practice, working on the practice, working on the practice. So we give you permission to do that. In fact, I would say we encourage you. Yes. <laughs> um, so just, you know, in closing, schedule that time, whether it's meeting with your team in the upcoming weeks uh, or just getting to be able to set aside some time. If you haven't scheduled time with your team and you can't make it work uh, in the next two, three weeks, schedule that for first thing in January. It's still better to have that meeting than to not. And again, schedule time with yourself to just look back on the areas that you did a great job, integrate those. And on the areas that you can improve or some of the targets that you didn't hit, yeah, ask those questions like Allison was saying. Were they were they important? Um, and if some of those were important, again, find out what is it that you need to do. Maybe you need to hire a coach. Um, maybe you need to get a certification in some area, or maybe you need to find a new partner or a better agency that you're aligned with because marketing is just giving you such a headache. It's like, if that's what it takes, like don't go back into 2020 and repeat what you did this year. Like alleviate that headache, get rid of that. So again, we believe 2020, even though there's, always, you know, stuff that's going to come up and there's always news that's going to make it look like dentistry is, you know, headed for the crapshoot or something. We believe it can be your best year 
not just for your own personal transformation, but the transformation of your practice, the transformation of your team, and ultimately everything to help your patient. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic. Thank you.